Hey, welcome to the Best Small Business in the World podcast. I'm Sturdy McKee here with Matt Fitzsimmons. And today we're going to give you a rundown of our top 10 books. There might be a couple more than 10, but that's, that's the plan. Good morning, Matt. Let's, How are you? Let's, let, let's, let's start with why are we actually doing this? Because I think it's really important that sure. people don't just think we're a book reviewing uh, business. <laughs> <laughs> no. Top 10 um, books relevant for you and your business. Yeah, this is this is a these are the, these are the books that Studi and I have both read over. Uh, I, I've been reading books since I was thirteen years old, um, um, and um, and and I was starting business books from my very very early twenties. And um, you read a lot of stuff, and I would have read. I was for about twenty years. I was averaging a book a week, um, and and that wasn't speed reading often, um, like this one here, for example. Um, I'm making tons of notes and, and doing all that sort of stuff on it, um, that sort of thing. But you don't actually have to do that. You can probably read these 10 books and and probably get 90% of the business knowledge that you're going to need to run a successful business, I, I would say. Um, you know, there's the finer arts of doing sort of things a, a bit better, but you're going to get a big chunk of it from a small number of books. Um, Absolutely. And it, it's interesting, Steve, you know, going through going through my list, I don't know how you found it, but um, there's a bunch of books that haven't made the list because they the concept of them was so simple that you kind of read the front cover and and you you know you kind of get the book, you know, like Marshall right. Goldsmith, for example, right? Amazing book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There, right? You can and you, there it is. <laughs> it's it's that's the concept, you know. It's like right. the actions that took you from where you were to where you are aren't the same actions that will take you from where you are now to where you want to be in future. You got to do different things. Conceptually, that's very very simple. Now, Marshall Goldsmith writes in a very convincing ma manner, but you can kind of get the gist of the book. So that's why I didn't make my top ten. Oh, you know, top my my top five or our top ten. Um, so same, same as Simon Sinek. You can watch a 20-minute YouTube video. Get his just bang, job done. Don't have to read the book. Save yourself 20 bucks. Um, happy days. Um, all good stuff. Uh, all part of the picture. Um, but certainly no need to buy the book because you kind of get it with the front cover and, you know, a couple of pages. Do you want to launch into one that you would recommend? What's, what's your first one? My first one um, is, is probably... This would be number one as far as importance goes. Uh, if I'm a small business owner, um, guy called Vern Harnish um, runs a business coaching business um, and is a, an amazing coach. Um, I've done a bunch of his courses. Uh, really, really smart guy. Um, and he wrote a book a long time ago called Mastering the Rockefeller Habits. Um, and I see this as being absolutely critical to understanding how a business exists how it operates how to grow it what to focus on um and yeah I, I think it's it's such an insightful book and it hadn't been written in a way that was particularly accessible before that um so I, I really enjoyed reading it for the first time um and yeah he just he breaks it into really easily digestible bite-sized bits that you can sit there and go oh yeah that makes sense yeah cool I can do that so that would be my first what about your first one mate yeah, if you're going to do like in a, importance, or if you could only you only have time to look at one, I would go with John Spencer's Awesomely Simple. Um, it's another handbook, you know. And what I love about 
the book is it's broken down and I mean like you were saying I've got stuff I don't know if you can see underlined and marked and the you know dog-eared and whatever but he at the end of each chapter so he goes through a theme and then he has an effectiveness audit in other words mm -hmm. where are you now and then exercises and ideas for you to actually implement in your business and you know I use this in my business long time ago went through step-by-step -step with my managers and um, you know made huge huge differences for us it, short of working with a coach directly this is one of the top top books i would recommend and, and john's insights are are indispensable it's funny because i have exactly the same book and i rate it really highly as well i'm glad i'm glad it was on your list because it was definitely going to be on mine it's oh, great sure. um um my second book is um it's about people um when we're running a small business it's all about people when we run a big business it's all about people when we run any business it's all about people um and this one is specifically uh, about building a team and um, it's called the five dysfunctions of a team by a guy called Patrick Lencioni um, and the really cool thing about this book is that it's written in the, uh, in the form of a story but it's got lessons that are really really easily digested along the way and it's got like a narrator uh, narrator uh, walking you through the story which is which is great and they talk about the, these five dysfunctions and so if you want to build a really effective team there's there's like um excuse me there's there's a way of doing it and there's what you start with uh is trust and you build on to trust and da -da, there are five five he writes it as five dysfunctions i call it the five functions uh because i'm more positive <laughs> of a um of a great team but that book is is a really really insightful book as to how to build a team business team sports team family all that a great book for learning um i remember the first time i read it was just like wow that was that was really powerful yeah the as you said it's the flip side of the coin the dysfunctions the other side of the coin are the functions what you should be doing so those are the you know great lessons that you can take away or use um all right so my number two you said we're all dealing with people i think that gets lost in the mix a lot of times you start looking at p l's and analyses and stock market and economy all the other stuff and that's important strategy whatever but it's it, you know so much of it is psychological so much what we do so you looked internal my number two is external dave can you read that <laughs> purple cow right yeah it's just a blank purple book right and it's small and it stands out it stands out on the bookshelf that's kind of sort of the point Right. And the reason I like it beyond just the summary is Seth uses a lot of different um, examples and explains things in a way that uh, are super accessible and short, concise, but, uh, you know, implementable ultimately. But one of the one of the key takeaways from the book is that if you're not remarkable, then you are invisible. OK, so if you're not remarkable, you're invisible and we're all trying to fit in. You know the way we dress our hair our speech our whatever and you know whether that's in our professional group or in our work or with our peer group or whatever and his whole point is that that's a great way to be invisible your business can't just fit in if you're just another restaurant on the street so what right if you're just you've got to do something to stand apart and that was his whole thing he's from new york 
grew up, I think they went to, <clears throat> I forget where it was, France, and they were driving through and they saw cows. And for a city kid, it's like, oh, cow, cow, cow. He got all excited, right? Well, after a, an hour or so, there's more cows. There's more cows and there's more cows. And he's like, what? There's just, there's no difference between all the cows. You know, it got very boring very, very quickly. And he's, so that's why the book is called Purple Cow. What if you had a purple cow that stood out from the crowd? So how do yeah. you, how do you do that? Yeah, What's your number three, point. Matt? Well, just just before I go to my number three, um, yeah. just talk about Seth Godin's Purple Cow. Um, he, there was there was a I'm, I'm going to misquote it, but there's an anecdote in there, and I'm not sure where it is. But it's if you want to be remarked about, you need to be remarkable. In other words, if you want people to talk about you, they've got to have something to talk about rather than just you know, like you say, uh, I went to a, I went out for dinner tonight to this restaurant. It was fine. Like that's not going to have a conversation around the coffee machine tomorrow morning. Um, if you want to be spoken about, then you have to be able to be spoken about. So something that you do has to be memorable and that sort of thing, just like the purple cow. Um, and yeah, that was, that was, uh, that's always stuck with me. Um, Seth Godin's written some really, really good stuff. Uh, but that, that one remark, I think, sums up uh, the essence of uh, some great businesses. So Right. Yeah. I, the remarkable, he hyphenates it. And then I like, you have to be worthy of remark. Right. And the way the way that this was explained that I thought was really useful in like practical, implementable terms, people, your customers, let's start with your customers, right? They're going to talk about three things at dinner tonight. How do you get in the top three? Yeah. And so true. Yep. So my third book um, is an oldie, but a goodie, but I think that every business owner should read it. They should have a copy of it, and I will constantly remind them of it. <laughs> it's The E-Myth uh, by Michael Gerber. I think it's just it's just one of those books that has stood the test of time. Um, that it just, again, it's an interesting way of looking at business and the roles in this particular case that you have to have uh, sorted within the business and there are three key roles and you need all three of those roles um, to be done within the business otherwise the business will fall over as and we've both seen this dirty you know um, businesses don't fall over because the tradesman uh, isn't a good tradesman most of the time most of the time it falls down because they you know don't send invoices or don't do enough marketing or um, you know they um, they can't see a massive opportunity and, and that type of thing it's not usually because they're not that they're actually not good at what they do um and this just kind of helps people get their heads around it i think it's an invaluable book and and not just for trades people but for, for anybody because trades we tend to think of trades as being plumbers and sparkies and and builders and that sort of thing but um you know like a, a physical therapist has a trade it's it's the physical therapy trade a lawyer is a trade uh, you know, law is a trade, accounting is a trade, uh, being a dentist is a trade. We don't think of them as that. We think of them as professional occupations, some, some of them. Right. But they are they're no different in essence to a trade. Um, and this book relates as well to them as it does to a plumber or a sparky or anything else. Well, right. And the premise being that that technical work is the thing that you already do really well. And there are two other types of work. And we're not going to tell you what they are because you go back a couple episodes, leave episode 13. Um, we delve into the three types of work and how important that is. But the other things I got from Emeth were, you know, the premise is why so many businesses fail. Um, so he's really trying to help people not go down that same path to realize that there are other things that they need to know and do 
aside from being really good at that thing that you do. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I totally agree. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a physician or an attorney or a plumber or an auto mechanic or a chef or a baker. It literally, you know, pick, pick it, hire installer. It doesn't matter. You know, it's the other cup, other two sides the, of that triangle that really have to get filled in. You have to at least get some level of mastery at, in order to have a successful business. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Oh, yeah, what's your, what's your third one, Matt? My third one, most people are not going to have heard about, but you're going to see how beat up it is and how important it is. And this one's getting more from Stuart Diamond. And um, I've got a notebook, not full, but I've got a few pages of notebook outlining the key points that I literally use as a manual. Um, it's, it's about negotiation, but it's totally different from all the negotiation books you've read. He starts with the premise that everything you've ever read or heard about negotiation is wrong. He teaches you, he shows you, he proves it, um, and it works. Okay, so again, talking about our people theme, it's all about people. Um, one of the key takeaways from this book is um, that I use all the time is figuring out the pictures in their head. So when you're negotiating or talking with somebody, and by the way, he also you know, starts on the premise that every interaction you have with somebody is a negotiation. Right. Okay. You're trying trying to get your kid to go to bed. You're taking your wife to dinner. You're, you know, who goes first at the stop sign? Whatever, right? It's every interaction you have is a negotiation. And um he he debunks and takes apart a lot of things. I'll give you one that I, I really, really like. Um, the best alternative to a negotiated agreement, right? The bat and the principle that some people are all excited about or whatever. He's like, yeah, try that at dinner tonight with your um, significant other, right? Pull out a little black book and say, you know, hey, if this doesn't work out, right? I got a lot of other options and see how well that negotiation goes, right? <laughs> so, so he picks these apart and it's just like, it doesn't make sense. Um, the book is called Getting More specifically because it's not winning all the time. It's not winning every negotiation. That's impossible. But the other premise that I think you'll like, well, Matt, you may not even get, oh no, with our international um, audience. Okay, a, a batter in baseball, a 280 to a 320 at batting average, okay, that's one more hit in every nine games. Mm. So if you can get a little bit more, right, one more hit out of every nine games, you go from a 270 or 280 to a 320, average that is uh, a seat in the hall of fame right mm. that's tens of millions of dollars a year more mm. in salary and so it's these little things that add up throughout all of these negotiations interactions and and he goes into stuff about how you can apply to your business what you can do it's really really useful but i i treated it much more like a textbook and uh you know have my notes and things that I pull out and use when I'm on the phone with somebody or in, even in a meeting because it's all the other last thing I'll leave on that is it's all completely transparent so you're not manipulating people if they you know say are you doing this you're like yeah don't you want that you know here it is it's all you can you can show them the entire process because it's positive on all sides you're really trying to get the best for everybody wow cool that sounds awesome I might have to get that and get that set down under mine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You should. Nice. 
My number right. four, um, in a previous life, I used to own um, an advertising agency. Well, actually, I used to own two. Um, and uh, as I've said before, it's in the book as well, great advertising is nothing more than a good, me a, a strong message told well in the right place. And I like that because it just simplifies the, the process of advertising and marketing and that sort of thing. Right. A guy who I absolutely admire and who does the same sort of plain English speaking as what I like to do is a guy called Doug Hall. He wrote two books. He wrote um, um, Jumpstart Your Marketing Brain. And I don't recommend that you read that first, but he also wrote Jumpstart Your Business Brain, this book here. Um, and yeah, it's it's an amazing book. And again, I've got lots of notes that come out of it. Um, he's just a plain, no nonsense guy who looks at the data, um, and he looks at it's it's test and measure, test and measure, test and measure, and and he looks at the business holistically, not just from a marketing perspective, but the customer experience. How does that tie in with the marketing? Um, experience how does that time that with you know with with the people that you meet and how they look and all that sort of thing and it's just common sense and it's very very relevant to uh to small business owners i think small business owners um reading that and actually actioning that sort of stuff will 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 do very very well um i couldn't recommend that book highly enough nice very very nice all right i'm gonna throw you a curveball here so my number four <laughs> I was wondering if this was going to come up. <laughs> Got to come up. So for those listening who can't see it, it's the saggy baggy elephant. All right, and it's a little golden book. It's in a couple of you know, it's, uh, I don't authors unknown because it's a, an old old classic. And if you didn't read it as a kid's book, you need to grab it. And it's it's actually one of three management books that I used to give my managers: um, saggy baggy elephant, little red hen, and if you give a mouse a cookie. And I'd have them go read it. I still use it with clients and we go and then we discuss what are the lessons, right? And the thing is that you can you can actually go on YouTube and there's a flip through the read along that's five minutes and you get the whole point of the story. But it's a whole lot better and a whole lot easier and a whole lot shorter than reading books on hiring, hire for fit and, you know, there, there are a bunch of other great books out there, right? And we'll do our honorable mention list on the notes. But Stangy by Yale it really gets across the whole idea of finding your tribe, finding the people that you fit with, finding those that you click with, not trying to fit in somewhere where you don't belong, but really, you know, finding those folks for whom, where you, where you, where you vibe, where you're, you're going to fit, it's going to feel right, you're going to you know, be supported, all those, all those pieces and parts. You know what I love about that is it's literally the antithesis of every business book that we're listening to today, isn't it? It's the complete opposite. It's it's a kid's book with some really, really meaningful messages in it that you can apply. That's that's awesome. I love that. By the way, you mentioned that to me a couple of weeks ago. I'm still waiting on my delivery of that uh, little red hen and uh, the mouse. So um, what was it? Uh, you give a mouse a cookie and the little red hen. Yes. And the little red hen comes up over and over, you know, I, and I, there's a, so there's, when you learn idioms, right, we learn idioms, and in, in English language, you learn idioms, and they kind of have cliches or whatever. Um, in China, so I, I went to China and studied Chinese a long time ago, right? But in China, when you learn any idiom, a lot of the idioms are four characters, so there's like 
you know, it goes through four, four things. Um, and it has a meaning. So for everybody kind of familiar with the culture, most of them, or a lot of them anyway, refer to a story and the lesson of the story. So you might say, you know, a four character phrase, but it means so much more than that. And that's kind of what, you know, I looked at with this, when, when this comes up over and over in our the coaching conversations and stuff, and I immediately in my head, I'm like, oh, that's a little red hen, right? But that's a saggy that yellow. Or, and they're, you know, they're, because they're so simple and they're, you understand the, the gist of the story, immediately it fits a framework and it makes your decisions so much clearer and easier to kind of move forward and pursue. And also a step of objectivity, step back from the emotion, the interaction, you know, being able to analyze the situation and stuff and realize it's fitting a certain pattern. Isn't that interesting? We were talking about getting clarity around decisions last week. Um, and right. yeah, fantastic and, and really relevant. Um, before I give you my last book, um, and it's actually, it's not one, it's an option. Um, I'm going to take you through some books that if you're having trouble sleeping at night and you want to read a business <laughs> book, um, I've got a couple for you. The first one is Good to Great. So this is a great business book. And don't get me wrong, I love this book. From a coach's perspective, this is fantastic. Good to great, built to last, all that sort of good stuff. Fantastic. Just love it. Um, the last third of the book, I would say, are, um, are references and citations and all that sort of thing. Just to, just to prove that these guys actually knew what they were talking about. So it's very, it can, can be quite technical in places. It's it's kind of boring as hell, to be fair. Um, excuse me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is a good book, but by crikey, it's hard work. But if you want something that's even more hard work and, and less rewarding, um, I can give you this book here. And who doesn't? Who doesn't want more hard work with less reward? <laughs> this is a book on key performance indicators and you can tell look at all the the, just the different notes that i've made over the years of this and it's just it's just like yeah it's just honestly the most tedious and boring book i had to read it because i really needed to, to learn some stuff that was in there but oh my god <laughs> it was just terrible um i have them next to my bed and there's a reason for that um, the other one um, that I, I kind of do recommend that you do if you if you like learning some big picture stuff from some really well-respected institutions, um, Harvard Business Review at 100 is um, the best articles ever. Um, I just got um, this version, which is the, the latest version the other day, actually, and it's really good. Um, it's got all the it's got all the articles. Again, it's relatively thick, but you can read it in bite-sized chunks because they're just articles. You can read one article, so it'll take you about five, 10 minutes or whatever, and, and that. So, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, but as for book number five, so a friend of mine is Jack Daly, and he is he'd be in his 70s. He up until recently did Ironmans. Uh he runs, he he's he's run a hundred marathons. He has the most amazing human being you've ever met. And he's written That's some a little really high energy. A little a high energy. He's a little high energy. <laughs> yeah, he is a little high energy. Um, and um, he just fought and beat cancer, which was which is amazing. I caught up with him a couple of months ago up in Auckland. Um, 
and he was telling me about his cancer treatment and that sort of thing and what he had to go through and it was just amazing um he's a hell of a nice guy he's an incredible sales trainer and so i want to give you two books that you can have a think about um the first one is the sales playbook so um if you want to sell more and i'm pretty sure most of our business owners want to sell more this is a great place to start if you um aren't at that point yet and you want to maybe um, have a think about your whole life holistically, then he has recently released a book called Jack Daly's Life by Design. And if any human being lives what they teach us, it's Jack. Um, he um, has got a whole bunch of life lessons in here that he's learned, and he explains them in a really easily take, um, uh, a, a great way to take them on. So Either of these two books, I would absolutely recommend. He's a hell of a nice guy. He's a good friend. And that's not why I'm recommending them. I'm recommending them because they are really, really good reads. And if you take on board the lessons, they will um, they'll change your life. It's, it's fantastic. Um, oh. And the one honorable mention that I have is um, Andy Bailey, No Try, Only Do. Yes, that's Yoda. <laughs> Um, it's a really good book. Um, it's certainly the philosophy that I um, subscribe to. Andy explains it really, really well in here as well. I would absolutely recommend that you get a copy of that. Um, if you're having trouble getting stuff done uh, and, and just breaking through, it's it's a really good book for that. So, so those were mine. Cool. So, yeah, I kind of got a two for, for the last one too, um, although they're completely different. Uh, this one, Selling 180. This is my friend Tom Batchelder um, wrote this and his first book was Barking Up a Dead Horse. And then this is the condensed manual version of implementing. And I've got a bunch of them back there on the shelf because I send them to my clients. Um, it's sales conversations and how to approach and, and carry on email conversations, all the rest of it without being salesy, right? not cool. doing all the typical, not making the mistakes that we tend to make. That's why it's selling 180 because it's the other direction. So it builds on, you know, Jack stuff quite well. It's quite complimentary in helping you find your voice and being really authentic, uh, you know, to the way you interact. And, and it's filled with examples of rights and wrongs and did this and then did this and here's the results and that kind of stuff. Um, so you can actually you can pick it up and reword the email that you're about to send to a prospect, or you can send out an email to re-engage a couple of people that you haven't heard from lately, or write a letter or phone call, or whatever. But the messaging and how you, um, you know, put that together is really, really useful. And then finally, because we're, you know, told you it wouldn't exactly be 10 because neither one of us stay inside the box. We're going to do a callback to Matt's first book, Scaling Up. This is Mastering the Rockefeller Habits 2.0 by Vern Arnish, right? So now this one is, it simplifies things again, four pillars, people, strategy, execution, and cash. And you see it right on the cover, right? But the um, this one's a, a little bit, it's scaling up. So it's gonna be for a little bit bigger business. Right. It's not necessarily if you're if you're in your first five employees and stuff, you may not want to prioritize this one as one of your first things to, to read. If you're at 25, 50, 100 and you're trying to go, you know, beyond that, this is a great book. And there's a whole process. And as you mentioned, um, Vern has a whole coaching structure and program. Um, what we've tried to do because we, we do have one more. Right. But we have tried to 
do something that's even simpler to get people started a workbook and stuff. But this is a, a great manual for the businesses that are really growing. The thing I've seen though, I'll caution you, is don't let your number two person or whoever start using this and waving it around like it's the Bible or something um, or the Quran or whatever in the business and, and using it as a weapon. I've seen that and it doesn't, it's, it's you got to be the arbiter. You got to stick to the process and, and you're the enforcer, the fidelity to the process and making sure that your, you know, your company, particularly as it's growing, you're, you're still keeping people honest and aligned to the purpose and where you're ultimately trying to go. Because um, I've seen it misused in some ways, especially in a little bit bigger organizations. It, 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 that that's where you want uh, maybe some somebody to help you out, right? Um, we do have one more though, Matt. It's right behind me, and it's right in front Last of me. One. <laughs> yeah. So it's ours. It's ours. It's it ours. And it's it's, it's, it's funny because when we well, it's, it's it's the best small business in the world. It's the best book in the it's it's the best small book in the world for the best small business in the world. And it's, isn't it funny because when you look at the, the other books that we've listed, and it's funny because Scaling Up was on my list as well, because um, you start here, then you go to here. But you, I, I believe you've got to start with this one and, the, and then go to Scaling Up because it's the fundamentals. But um, if you wanted to bypass a lot of the stuff and actually get to the nitty gritty, um, I mean, that's what the basis of the best small business in the world really, that's what it started as. It's like, right. if I could only read a paragraph or, or a, a one pager from each of these books, what would, what would that look like? And, and how could I just make it happen rather than knowing all the fancy stories about, you know, IBM did this and these other things. And they're really interesting stories, but maybe people don't want to read stories. They just want to get stuck into it and, and actually yeah. just say, right, ask me the right questions and I can figure out the answers and then we can just get stuff done. So rather than spending three weeks to, to read a book or, you know, um, trying to stay awake at night, <laughs> you can actually just, we can ask you a series of questions, get you to think for yourself and actually get on with the job. Uh, small business owners are busy. There's lots going on in their brain. And to absorb, I mean, to, imagine absorbing that. That would take... <laughs> It would take a month or two Harvard months. Harvard Business Review at 100, all the articles, and implement them. Yeah. Exactly. You know? yeah. Or you could, I mean, like, as you know, I mean, like, you know, um, we designed this book so that it's implementable, it uses best practice, um, and it's it's a workbook. It's a, it's a, it's a right. book for doing work in and getting that work done. A step-by-step -step linear process that you can go through. It kind of circles back a couple times, built upon itself, but I like what you said because it really is, and I don't, I don't always think about it this way, but it's a book of questions. It's really positioning and asking the right questions because you as a business owner, and this is something I don't see done enough in the books, right? You as a business owner already have a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience, perspective. Um, you know a lot of the answers. You just need to be able to organize it in a way that gets, let's go back to, call back to Stuart Diamond's book, get it out of your head into other people's heads. Because right? mm -hmm. if you're trying to lead a team and you know where everything is and you know where you're going and you know why you're doing it, but nobody else does, how engaged are they really going to be? 100%, right? yeah. 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 So 
not only does the, I mean, this book, we also made posters, right, that you can take the work that you've done in the book, use the post-it, put it up on the poster, and ultimately when you have a final edition, right, you can then use that to create a final document, share with your team and what have you, but it's a work in progress, it's an evolution. And uh, yeah, it won't, it was the manual I wanted to build for my kids, mm. right? When they start their businesses, this is how you, this is where you start. This is what you do. Yeah. I, I think the philosophy that we've also adopted in this book is that if you look at all these books, right, these are all amazing books. They're amazing authors and that sort of thing. Um, but in each of these books, the author is the expert. The author is the person who is imparting their wisdom upon you. Now, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not diminishing their, their, their value because they're, they're amazing. In our book, we take a slightly different philosophy um, that actually the business owner is the expert. You are the expert on your business. Now, you might not know every single thing about it. That's cool. That's, that's where we come in. But I can't tell you to run your business uh, better than what you are currently doing. But I can help you and show you some different ways that you can think about things and then get a better outcome. Uh, and that's based on experience and, and, and that sort of stuff. So we can take all these really interesting concepts and books and help you actually apply them. So we aren't the experts, even though that's all we do for a job, you are the expert in your business. And I think that's the fundamental difference between what we uh, what we read and what we've produced uh, in this book. Um, it's an entirely different philosophy. Um, and um, it's much easier to read. <laughs> it's so much easier to read. On purpose. Well, so... Um... You know, make sure to go back and check out some of the previous episodes. We do talk about four stages of business growth. We talk about developing a high-performance culture, mindset and curiosity, the three types of work. Um, you know, one episode, we even talk about what businesses are about business ownership. So, um, and that's that's not all of them. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. But, but check out some previous episodes if you're just uh, looking at this one. Um, and we would love to hear from you. You can always send us your questions, your challenges. You can challenge us. We haven't really um, started doing that at the end of the podcast yet, but we will. We're going to start taking on your questions and, you know, do your best to stump us. Very good. Well, hopefully we've inspired some people to go out and um, buy um, our book, first and foremost, but some other books as well. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to get some feedback actually from um, uh, from some people as to what they thought of the books, because we come from a certain perspective as well. Um, it will be interesting to hear what some business owners actually think of these these recommendations um, and what they read and and what they come back with and and what they take from from books. And one of the most refreshing things is always um, that what I take from a book might not necessarily be what what somebody else takes and. I read to my daughter, uh, she's currently in, in the UK, and I read to my daughter every uh, night, my time, it's morning, her time. And uh, often at the end of a book, I'll ask her, what, what do you think the moral of the story is? Or what do you think the real thing was going on? Or whatever, to get her take on it. And um, a six-year-old has taught me a lot, shall we just say. <laughs> it's been great. That's um, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you for listening. And um, we, I really do look forward to your comments and your recommendations. Go ahead and add those in the comment section. Um, we would love to hear what you think and what your most important books are. Thanks for listening. Until next time.